What's up, everybody? This is Matt Mandu and Brian from Headwaters Kayaks, and we're lucky enough to have Griff and Greg Blanchard here today uh, talking about the last Shafts tournament we had out there, which was Wild West Bass Trail and the CA Bass Nations tournament. So we've got a winner from each of them, since you could enter both, and each one of them only entered the one, so we've got two separate winners. But they both did really good, both caught some awesome fish, and uh, I don't know who wants to get into it first, but how was uh, practice? How was the weather? What did you do? Go for it. Okay, you want to go ahead? All right, yeah, Griff. We'll... All right, yeah. So um, just starting off with the practice day, um, right? We all uh, know that we're just getting hit with these torrential storms right now. So it was a rainy day driving out there. Um, dro drove out there the morning of practice day. And as I was doing some research, I looked at the Jones Valley ramp and that's where I decided to launch. So that's a ramp in the, the Pitt River arm. And as I was driving up to it, I, I heard that it was like a two mile dirt road. And um, with all that rain, I was a little worried about driving down it. Um, so I was sitting there waiting like, oh, where is it? Not, not exactly sure. And then I saw someone in their truck in a bass boat drive down. So I'm like, okay, we're good. Um, then just followed that bass boat down and ended up finding the launch all right. And then on practice day, um, I had some technical issues with my trolling motor, so I, I couldn't get my trolling motor to turn on. I think I got it got soaked in the the rain, so I had planned to like run to the main lake and and try to find some fish out deep. But I just ended up fishing near the launch, and I caught four fish on a, a jig and a Ned rig during practice day in about ten feet of water. Um, it was raining most of the day. I got pretty soaked and realized that my rain gear. Um, really did not work so i needed to get back to the airbnb and, and get warm and dry that off so um going into the tournament day with having four fish and a, a general idea of just you know i had a, a semi-confidence knowing uh what the pattern was so i found him in 10 feet of water and i was just going to try to run that same pattern all day on tournament day um, but on, on tournament day that we had a two-hour delay uh, because of the rain. So instead of launching at 6 a.m., we ended up launching at, uh, at 8 a.m. And not only did my trolling motor not turn on again, but my graph wouldn't turn on because I think I got a bunch oh, of water. Yeah. In my so I was just old school, no electronics. Um, the whole day? For the beginning of the day. You, you had uh, no power for the whole day? You're No fish finder, no well, motor? Well, I ended up figuring out my fish finder, thankfully. Um, but so I... I, it was about 8.15 when I caught my first fish and I didn't want to like go up and try to troubleshoot my electronics and all that um, right after launching because that time on the water is just so valuable. So, um, yep. In, in that pit river arm, um, it was like chocolate milk water. And I just started flipping, um, a black and blue zoom lizard, um, like real shallow right up against the rocks. And I caught, um, a 17 and three quarter inch spot on that about 15 minutes into the tournament. And then was feeling pretty confident after that fish. And I said, all right, I don't even need a graph. If they're in a foot of water, I'm just going to run that pattern for the rest of the day. And I tried that for about three hours. And then I was looking down it's 1130 and I still only had that one fish. And I'm like, all right, well, the, by then the rain had calmed down a little bit. And I said, all right, I feel comfortable enough to, go like get up on the front of my boat and go in my hole and check my battery for my trolling motor. And luckily I had an extra Nakwa battery and plug that in. And then um, my graph worked fine. And that really came in handy because then I ended up um, kind of running out 
to the middle of the lake. And as I was doing that, looked down on my graph and I just really saw like two arches and 50 feet of water on um, a hump. The hump itself was in about 30 feet and then it was 50 to 60 feet all around there and just dropped a, a, a Ned rig with a, a Yamamoto single tail grub down on them. <laughs> and I think I got bit immediately. And by like, I would say noon, like 15 minutes to 30 minutes, I had um, felt caught four additional fish and filled out my limit. And then from there, I said, all right, well, I'll put down the net, try to upgrade, get something bigger. So I started uh, throwing a, uh, a Kitek jig with a, a twin tail grub on it. Um, and within maybe five minutes of throwing that on the fall, I had that big uh, largemouth. It was a 19 inch largemouth um, hit the jig and that I couldn't really feel them bite the Ned rig, but when that largemouth hit, I was like, oh, that's something different. Um, and awesome. yeah, I got, got that in the boat and I knew that, you know, I had a shot at that point. Um, really wasn't able to call from there. Um, unfortunately, I didn't have any service on the lake either. And I, I, I knew I had a decent bag, so I wanted to um, make sure, like first and foremost, that I just got my fish uploaded uh, in time. So I didn't want to get DQ'd. So at 2.20, I left my spot and just ran back, pedal power, and uh, and ended up making it back to Reading in time to upload my fish. That's awesome. I remember in the last tournament that we were fishing, the last Shasta tournament out here uh, last year, that's your go-to when it gets real tough, huh? That net with a single tail grub? Yeah. That's a killer bait. Yeah, I, I either like doing that or I even just take a like a five inch Sanko and then cut that in, like into thirds and just use like the smallest little head on that. Um, but I just love that Yamamoto um, plastic and I'll just drag it, you know, not not hop it at all. Slow but yeah, I remember last year at Shasta, Matt, um, I, I, we were in the same area and it, it was a similar like offshore um, deal where we, we kind of found them. Hey, you helped me almost get my limit. You're like, throw that. <laughs> <laughs> and I hooked uh, another one or two, but I still didn't come in with a limit from that tournament. It was tough. All, all yeah. these ones on shaft the week, I guess it's the uh, the fact that it's in January makes it a little bit harder. Well, it's, it's surprising because I see on your Instagram, Matt, you're always crushing them at, at Shasta. Yeah, sometimes, some days. But uh, so, Greg, did you do you were in Jones's well then, right? Yeah, I was. Um, so got up there Friday evening, uh, had a little room at uh, Bridge Bay with uh, Alden, Oberty, and Lawrence. Um, and yeah, just and like Griff said, we we knew the weather was going to be crazy, something that I hadn't fished, I don't even know, ever. I mean, I fished in like a lot of rain, but given the rain, uh, the air temps, um, just the wind, the wind, I think, was the crazy thing. Mm -hmm. that, not necessarily the wind, but the gusts. Like that's one thing that I've learned over the years is you can't just look at the wind. You have to like look at the gusts because the wind said 10 to 15 on Saturday, depending on which weather app you looked at, but it also said gusts 30 to 40 miles an hour. So I was not looking forward to Saturday. Uh, Sunday it was supposed to calm down a bit, but Saturday um, we went up to uh, Sugarloaf just a really skinny part of the, the, the lake um, compared to the rest and figured that we'd be able to get out of the wind if it got real gnarly and uh, we show up, me and Alden went out and pre-fished together. Uh, it was tough to find in the dark, man, those dirt roads and everything makes it a challenge, but we eventually got there and uh, it was blowing. It was surprising because, I mean, you guys know the weatherman's never, 
not always right. I'll say that. It was, <laughs> you know, yeah, that's just how it is. But it was blowing. The gusts were just as forecasted, 30, 35 mile an hour. And uh, we, we went out there. It was chocolate milk and sugar loaf. And we said, well, we're here. Let's fish. And, you know, three hours. It's miserable. We're wet. The wind is screaming and not a single bite. So we pack up and that's when we uh, decided to go to the pit river arm. And what was crazy was when we got there, it was like calm. It was, it was calm. It was nice. Uh, I mean, there were some sprinkles, some rain still. But we're like, what the heck? We thought for sure the bigger parts of the lake would have been way nastier with the wind, but it just wasn't. Did you fish them both on Saturday? What's that? Did you fish them both on Saturday for yeah. fishing? Yep. Okay. So sugar loaf. About 11 o'clock, we packed up, went to the pit, um, and then launched out there. Immediately, it just looked better. I mean, once you got out of that little uh, the pocket where the, the launch is, where it's real chocolate milky, dirty water, the main lake had, uh, it wasn't chocolate milk. It was you know, two, three foot, just nice tinge to it. It looked nice. Um, all the flooded timber down there looked real juicy. Um, so just, you know, it just looked better. But uh, I actually went all... Uh, almost all day. I think my first bite, uh, and I was throwing everything during practice, you know, because with this rising water, all this rain, I much I didn't know exactly what would be going on. I was hoping for some reaction stuff like spinner baits, uh, a rig stuff, cranking. Not a single bite. Um, and then I think around two o'clock, I got my first bite on a little Kitek finesse jig with a flapping hog trailer, um, about twenty foot, fifteen to twenty foot, on a point. So. I didn't have much time left in practice, so I just started running some points, and I picked up two more small spots. And I was like, all right, well, this is good enough for me for tournament day. So uh, tournament day rolls around. Uh, oh, and by the way, we should mention, after practice, came to Headwaters. Uh, sorry if we were a little late. There was no one else there. <laughs> the door is open. The light's on for us. Uh, so we appreciate that. And uh, also... Thank you for the uh, food recommendation. The post office, shout out to the post office in Reading. Mm -hmm. office in Reading. Very good food. Uh, beer was on point. Um, so good good call there. Um, but yeah, I got started Sunday morning. A surprise showed up at the ramp. And uh, some other guys were telling us that we had the delay, the two-hour delay. I uh, wish I could have slept in more, but it is what it is. <laughs> uh, but you know, it was the right call because I actually went in my truck, tried to sleep a little bit more. Could barely sleep the, the the gust the wind my truck was shaking like it was i i can't imagine being out in the kayak with those gusts and that that downpour so it was it was the right call but uh yeah i went out there and just i said you know we're gonna go to those same points we got bit on during practice those few bites and just wing it probably throw the jig most of the day mix it up with some other baits and uh, first spot I, you know, fished was the one I got a bite on the day before. And I think I caught three or four small spots right off that on the jig. Uh, it was a, kind of an odd bite. It seemed like I had to throw it into deeper water. So sitting closer to the bank, throwing it out deeper into 25, 30 and slowly <laughs> dragging it up. Um, and that's when I would get bit. It was a weird angle deal, I feel like. And I, I see you shaking your head, Griffin. Were you having that too? Yeah, definitely. You just had to drag it. And I don't know about you, Greg, but were all your fish on like rock as well? Yes, all on rock. Um, and the other interesting thing too is, and I'll talk about this more, but with all the all that flooded timber, all those trees, it seemed like the two key key areas for me were areas that didn't have a lot of trees. Maybe one or two trees. Well, uh, yeah. <laughs> And it's tough because all those trees, the area where, that I found too, like it was the farthest away from any trees. 
Yeah, yeah. And the trees look so good, too. You think it's just like fast yeah. happening there. But no, that first spot had a couple trees um, on the point and, you know, got those fish dragging. A lot of them were actually on the dead stick. I think the less action, the less movement, um, the better. Uh, again, that little Kitech jig, I just like that. It's got the tungsten head. You can feel a lot of that bottom. And uh, after that, I just moved on. I fished points. Uh, I, I went into the pockets a little bit, into the coves, into the creeks, and I didn't get anything. Everything was main lake points uh, entering into those areas. And the, like we talked about, the less trees, the better. Maybe they just, you know, there was less of, not as much to hide it. Maybe they just couldn't hide as bad, as good. So uh, junk fish, junk fish. I threw a lot of stuff. Everything was coming out of the jig. You know, it wasn't like an on fire bite, but I'd said get bit every 20 to 30 minutes if I was, was actually fishing. Um, at one point I did pick up an A-rig and, you know, I figured if, cause we know Shasta, Shasta is the lake of 12 to 14 inch spotted bass. You know, it's just one of those things you had to weed through a hundred of them to get the good one. But I figured if I got bit on an A-Rig, even though I didn't get a single bite in practice, it'd be the right one. And I think it was like my third cast with an A-Rig around some trees. I got slammed and I doubled up and it just bent me over. And I was like, this is the one, this is like, you know, a giant, but I just had the spotted bass hook, fall hooked and it was sideways. And you know, when you have a side <laughs> on an A-rig, it feels like a 10-pounder, and it, ah, it was like 14 inches, um, but I, you know, it was whatever, I got the bite, uh, got a bonus largemouth on the jig, 16 and a half, big old tail, those largemouth nice. can be, uh, only largemouth of the day, filled out a limit, called up a few times, small, small calls, I think I was sitting around 75 at the time, and, uh, you know, that's not bad, I thought this would be a tournament where, you know, if you get 75, you have a chance. Uh, so I was happy with that. And really what happened was I went to the one area where I had a multiple bites um, earlier in the morning, smaller bites, but went there around 12 o'clock and got bit pretty quickly. It was a 16 inch, I believe. So 16 inches are, are money out on chassis. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy with that. Uh, then I think maybe 20 minutes later, I hooked into another one just felt like the same thing, you know, just felt like a bite and reeling it up. I got a flash of it. I was like, Ooh, that, that one's a long one and got in the net and I took a look at it. I was like, Whoa, that's really long. Put it on the board, 18 incher. That's just a gift on Shasta. I mean, <laughs> those are, I, you know, and congrats to Griff with a 19 inch largemouth. I mean, I don't know how many fish you got to catch to catch an 18 to 19 inch fish out on Shasta, but it seems like maybe one in a hundred. Few and far between. Yeah, so you're definitely lucky when you stick one of those. And then I just uh, kept fishing that one bank the rest of the day. I think the, the one thing was the, these fish were pale, really pale. And I think what was happening was because of all this rain and the water coming up a little bit, I think these fish that I, I was catching were, were deep fish and they were moving up on this bank uh, to feed or to do whatever. But they were coming up, they were curious, and I just felt like these fish we're, we're moving up. So it was an area that was- How deep was that? So I was still fishing 15 to 20. But okay. I, bet, I, can, I bet you these, and this was right off the main channel on, on a bank with not a lot of trees, a couple of trees. And I think these fish were coming up from the main channel and just feeding. Um, so you think they were probably in like 50 plus and just I moving bet, up to come feed? Yeah, I would bet. I, I highly doubt these fish were just sitting on that bank for the past day mm -hmm. or so. Maybe these were fresh fish. And uh, called up a couple couple more times, and I think I almost called everything I had in that spot. That's awesome. 
yeah, it was just, you know, right place, right time. Um, fish clean, only lost one, got me hung up in a tree, you know, fish story. Who knows how big it was? Felt big. Probably a 10 pounder, but we'll yeah. say we don't know. Yeah, it's probably like that big. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, you know, fortunate to have a, a good, a good event, a good finish after a pretty terrible practice. Practice was rough, but I don't know. I feel like sometimes for me, at least, the tougher the practice, the better the tournament you'll have. So I say, it only matters on game day. Exactly. I did want to ask too on those Kitech jigs. They're small jigs, and you said you're throwing a flapping hard. I know they have a couple different sizes. Are you using the smaller size on that? Bank? Yeah, three seven five, and then I bite off like a quarter inch. It actually takes off those two little balls at the very okay. base, which whatever. But real, real compact, real finesse. Um, I, you know, and the I don't know. It, we make up stories as to why we think they're going to bite a certain bait. But <laughs> I think that bulkier profile, especially on a dead stick. Um, I think that just that particular presentation looks good when it's just sitting on there, sitting on a rock or something. And, uh, you know, that finesse jig, that tungsten creates some commotion when you're banging up against a rock. So, um, yeah, that was every bite I had was on that minus the A-rig fish. Wow. Yeah. Can't go wrong with a jig. I know you like it as much as I do. Yeah, love a jig. And I feel like you'll, on average, get better fish than, like, a drop shot or something like that. So... I've been fishing Shasta too much, so I don't think that's true anymore. Yeah. <laughs> when you throw a jig all day and catch 12, 13 inches, like, eh, big fish don't always eat a jig. It feels bigger when you set it onto the casting rod. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> when well, you I mean, set the hook, well, they that, all feel big. Yeah. And then, you know, if there's spots, they always feel big until you get them up to the boat. It's finally a good one. That's uh, not 13 incher. I know. It's yeah. fun, though. I, I can't, it is fun. It's it is fun. It's it's the thunk. When you get one, I know, like you said, Griff, that 19-inch uh, largemouth, like when they hit it and you know, it's like, okay. Like that's that's my favorite part when they oh, really yeah. just don't hit. Yeah, to uh, Greg's point, I mean, you're lucky to catch a largemouth like one in every hundred fish on Shasta. And yeah. that thing, I felt the bite. And then I it came to the top and like spots don't usually come to the top mm -hmm. and try to jump. And I mean, I made a long cast like and I think it was at least in 50 feet of water. So it came to the top and then I was skiing it on top of the water, which was a little weird, but uh, the, luckily it had a, a good, um, I like hooked it right in the top of the mouth and it, it was a solid one. But I think that that fish, I think was just like suspending in maybe like 30 feet of water and it was oh, just complete. Yeah. It ate on the fall. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, That's interesting. Unfortunately, like I didn't have a bunch of slack in my line, so like I felt the bite as it was um, falling down. That's great, man. Well, it's yeah. cool that you guys kind of got on the same pattern. You know, rocky banks without a lot of trees. I know I did talk to a couple of the other guys and got fish reports, and the consensus was the same. I know you guys both know John Myers. Uh, he gave me some information that I'm going to talk about too. But he said very specific. He said fist-sized rock. That's what he was looking for. And he wasn't fishing. I don't believe he's fishing trees because I believe he launched out of Bridge Bay and went south. Uh, but yeah, he, he was talking about rocks as well. Like that was the thing. And to hear you guys in Jones, which if you fish Shasta at all, Jones is the land of trees, trees everywhere, more stuff than you can flip at. And to avoid all those and fish the rock, I mean, it really shows that you guys found something that worked and were able to duplicate it throughout that area and that's pretty cool i mean that's how you win these things you know you find what works and you really stay on it yeah i was gonna say it's in the pit river arm it's so tempting just to want to fish the trees because mm -hmm. it all looks so good but yeah it was definitely a, a rock deal 
That's awesome. Well, cool, man. Congratulations to both of you. I really appreciate you guys being on here. Uh, and hopefully you got the roughest tournament out of the year so far. And they'll only get a nicer, warmer, and a little drier from here on out. Yeah, uh, that was a, it was a brutal conditions wise. It was a fun tournament. You know, you look back on it, it's, you know, it's fun to kind of, we, that we all came out alive, first of all. And then, yeah. <laughs> then it was a fun one. I, I enjoyed alive. it. I was, so when did you look back on it and you're like, man, you remember when we got a buzz kicked by the weather at Shasta? <sighs> yeah, yeah. It's always a good time there. I enjoy it. I'm glad we uh, mm -hmm. there. It's a great, it's a great fishery overall. I mean, I know it gets a lot of pressure and it, you know, we had the Wild West uh, boat tournament or the team tournament the day before. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's kind of well too. What's so, that? Um, I heard the, the Wild West, I believe, won with 15 and some change. So they had a uh, pretty good weight as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that was the winning weight. Second was 12, and then just kind of went down from there. A lot of, you know, your standard seven to nine-pound bags. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't look. I didn't know how many people actually came in with a full bag, but I'm assuming with the conditions, not everybody. You know what? I think there was a lot more than I thought. I thought for sure after practice, I was like, wow, that's going to be a tough day for him. But I think out of the 109 boats, like, I mean, don't quote me on this, but I think there was like 80, 80 limits. Wow, you know, that's I mean, impressive. One limits down to like six pounds. I mean, I could be wrong, but there was a lot more than I thought. I thought mm. it would have been, you know, a tough one for even boaters, but, you know, they clearly caught them, so. Sweet. Well, awesome. And I appreciate you guys coming in and buying some of our fishing gear. We're still trying to get people to know that we're carrying it. So it was nice to see it fly off the shelves. So thank you guys for that and coming out and honestly, just seeing you guys. I miss you. I wish uh, I could get out to every tournament or uh, more, more tournaments and hang out with you. But definitely whenever you guys come up here, let me know. We'll get out and go fish. Absolutely, man. Yeah, definitely. I was going to say your tackle is like so well curated it really came in handy because i bought like the net heads i was like i think yeah. i need a little heavier ned and i bought like a bunch of them there and i used them on tournament day the next day so i mean props to you guys because you helped me out that's awesome we're trying to get the classics that work on the waters around here and then some specialty stuff so we're trying to get a few things like i think we're the only people in town right now that have the kytec jigs which like one of the most killer baits up here. Oh yeah. Don't yeah. tell anyone. Yeah, yeah, we'll keep it quiet. Um, but yeah, uh, I I enjoy the tackle shop. It's fun. I mean, how can you go wrong? It's like when you put together a tackle warehouse order. Like, nah, I don't need that, but I get it all in for the shop, and it's, it feels good. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk about uh, what Julio did, and he was out there with you, Griff, right? Or launching around the same yep. time, same place. Yeah, we practiced so together getting, and stayed together. Oh, did you guys fish together most of the day? Or close? Not on tournament day, um, but oh, okay. yeah, we practiced in the same area. Okay, well, he was saying that he got uh, most of his fish in 10 to 20 feet. Some came on trees, but again, most were off the rocks. Uh, no reaction bite, and then the Ned rig and the shaky head were his go-to. And he was throwing the, the four-inch green pumpkin Ned. So I think that's the big TRD, the big turd, and then the zoom shaky head worm. So that one is kind of like a trick worm. It's got a little bit more tapered tail. And then uh, if you want to check him out too, it's J period De La Rosa Jr. If you want to check him out on Instagram. And I know I'd like to get some people sent your way. I actually don't know what yours is off the top of my head, Greg. Uh, Instagram, Greg Blanchard 17. Okay. 
And then I know uh, Griff, yours is just Griff Garibrandt. So that's yep. nice and easy. Uh, and then, um, so John Myers, like I was saying, was out there and I believe he finished in third. So he said, like, he's specific, he's been doing it for a long time. He knows what he's looking for, but he said fist, fist size rock off, uh, on offshore humps and points that extended way off the bank. So I know he was fishing a little bit deeper. Um, uh, and he wanted to get really that kind of grab in your lure when you're pulling it through the smaller rocks where it's coming through every time, but you feel that resistance. He said that was the key to his getting bite. If he felt that, he was confident he was going to get bit. Uh, he was fishing in 20 to 30 feet and then 50. So he had them in a range as well. Uh, but it was a slow and dead stick. And like you guys were talking about, it was really, really about dragging. Uh, he was doing a quarter ounce tube and a Carolina rig with a good old baby brush hog, dark green pumpkin. Can't go wrong with a baby brush hog. Uh, and then that is it uh, for Shasta. And I know one of our other t fishing teams guys, uh, James Robertson, he got out on Bullard's Bar. So I want to talk about that a little bit too. Caught a few fish in the uh, three to five foot range on a jerk bait. He said the water clarity was about three foot and it was 49 degrees. So it's a little bit cold water, but he still did really well uh, dragging a Ned rig and dragging a Carolina rig. So if that shows you anything, all these places, this cold water, uh, kind of dingier stained water now. Uh, it's about fishing it really, really slow and just having some patience and apparently look for rock. Definitely. Yeah, I agree with that. Actually, now that you said about John, um, my I tried some points that had some of that big chunk rock and bigger boulders, and I don't think I got bit. It had to be more smaller sized rocks so for whatever reason. That, that seems to be interesting. True. I wonder if it's because of those flatter banks if they're swimming blind, like they're doing in the darker water, they don't have to worry about getting around obstacles. Maybe it's just I'm to the bottom and I can travel uninterfered. And I do see a question somebody gave for you, uh, Greg. It said, do you wish you had the 12 foot kayak in Saturday's conditions? Um, I assume they mean the 12, 12 native, the Titan. Um, yeah. No. Well, that, because what were you running yesterday? 10 five. Uh, what were you running in the tournament? Titan 10 five. Titan? Mm -hmm. Okay. No, I, I felt, you know, I, despite it being super sketchy, I never felt in danger. I mean, we we're playing it safe. We we're hugging the bank. There's, you know, the biggest thing was uh, those rogue gust winds. Like you just feel like you're getting punched. Like they just come out. They of hit nowhere. you in the face. Yeah. Weird. If there was, if the wind was any worse, like if it was, you know, getting a little chop, a little white cap deal with that, those gusts, it, there's no way I'd be out there. Cause that's like yeah. the recipe to flip. Like your gut, yeah. Best chance, wind and gusts, you're gonna flip. But no, I thought the ten five was fine. I felt yeah. fine the whole time. Never sketched out too bad. Yeah, very stable boats. Uh, those Titans. And the thing with those uh, rogue gusts too is you see them coming. If you're looking across the water, you see it start to chop and move before, and then you just get blasted. Yeah. It's a strange feeling. I've been out uh, on the lake with that happening on a day they say, oh, yeah, 10-mile-an-hour winds, and that kicks up. It's a, it's a little odd, especially yeah. if you're not expecting it and you're kind of like, is this going to be what the rest of the day is going to be like? But definitely, I'm glad you pointed out the safety. If, you know, if the conditions are bad, that's why they had a two-hour delay. It's not worth going out there and running into trouble. So get out there and have fun. You could put yourself in some bad conditions, but be smart. Definitely. Mm -hmm. You've been quiet this whole time. Would you like to talk? Yeah, no, I'm <laughs> rolling up to the to Bridge Bay in the morning. Uh, I did. I called Tim right off the bat, and I was like, "Hey, man, 
It's looking a little rough. Um, I actually almost didn't make it because they closed the, the highway off right there at uh, Fondale. So I got stopped right off the bat at like 4.45 in the morning. And uh, yeah, made a few phone calls and we, we finally made the decision to push it back two hours. And I think it was a good call. I mean, the, the rain, it really kind of started to taper off at 9, 10 o'clock for you guys. So you did get a few hours of, of some dry fishing, I think, uh, at least. So, yeah, I think at one point the sun even came out. I was like, wow, I haven't seen the sun in like a month. <laughs> That's, like, That's what it feels like, yeah. Well, that was yeah, nice. So. I don't know if you I was soaking wet. Um, just my rain gear is not uh, up to par. So I need to so invest we, in some new. I don't like. I, we just need to like stuff. Yeah, I, yeah, but with that amount of rain, when it is like a straight up downpour, like just. Mm -hmm. I don't care what we were talking about this earlier, actually. It's like, doesn't matter what rain gear you have, unless you're maybe in a dry suit, you're, you're just gonna be wet. It doesn't matter. It, mm -hmm. Everything just gets wet somehow. I, so uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun drive home and soaking wet clothes. But, <laughs> yeah, um, hopefully you had some dry clothes in the car, but that's, that's the mental battle of fishing when it's like that or 110 degrees. Yeah, I'm not even sure which I'd prefer. It's like tough to say. That's hard to say. 110 degrees oh, water. I was going to say, I was thankful that my trolling motor was dead because I was, I was shivering at one point. And I'm like, well, at least I can just like kick around and get warm. So warm. <laughs> I was staying on that 360 drive and just to work in it to stay warm. That's awesome. Well, I know uh, we only had one question. I see there's still like 30 people watching. If anybody's got any questions, uh, somebody said the Sims Pro dry 100% dry all day. That was from Abel. So apparently that's what you should invest in. <laughs> nice good but, to know yeah that's awesome uh congratulations i think we're wrapping it up unless somebody jumps in with something else at the end of this as far as questions go but i really appreciate you guys being on here and tell talking about how you did so well in this tournament and good luck on your next ones and there's going to be a lot of fun ones uh did graphs help i'd say they did for sure i know you uh, griff were talking about stumbling over a hump you're like oh there's fish there Yep, exactly. Just finding that hump. Um, and I, I just stumbled over it by chance. And then uh, I had marked two fish on it. And then I switched over to my uh, topo map. And I was like, Oh, okay, so this is a, a hump. And it's just kind of coming up right in the middle of the lake. And then once I kind of discovered like the topography around it, then I, I backed off it a little bit and like dragged up the hump. So 100% okay. the electronic. Handy. Did you guys use side imaging or down imaging at all throughout the day? I did. I would I would say that was really the main purpose of my graph is uh, identifying the depth as to which I was fishing, and then side imaging to again the, the smaller rock. Going back to you know what John uh, said, smaller rocks seem to be key. Uh, I don't know if I can't say that I, I knew that at the time, uh, but I was definitely looking on my side imaging to identify rock. If it was just you know desert or sand or clay or whatever. I, wouldn't even bother so you know you see the bank it looks like there's rock extending all the way down and mm -hmm. sometimes there is but sometimes there's not so you could be wasting your time if you if you don't have side imaging and you can't really identify the, the bottom that's a really good point because if you're looking at the bank you're like oh it's got to go all the way down like that and it's not the case all the time yeah so, exactly. yeah definitely utilize your electronics if you've got them uh Proves that live sonar isn't needed. Yeah, you guys did beat out a lot of guys with live imaging. <laughs> you know, there's something to be said. 
Uh, yeah, I, that, I mean, I don't, I didn't even really graph any fish. I mean, I graph fish. Oh. I think a lot of my fish were on the bottom, you know, tight to the bottom, yeah. coming up, just cruising up the bank and eating. So, yeah, I mean, they're, it could have played a factor, but. You know, I wonder too, if um, since the water was rising and you guys both talked about fishing uphill a little bit, mm-hmm. I wonder if uh, maybe if there was crawdad or bait, they're, they don't want to be in that deep of water either where they were sitting in like 30, 40, 50 maybe. Now they're fish, uh, sitting in 60, 70, 80. Maybe they're migrating up too, and maybe that's what the bass are following or migrating up with them. But that's going to be where the bait is if it's all moving up. Yeah. No, I agree with that. I, yeah. I, I'm not sure exactly why they're moving up. I want to say it's because of the rain. The reason. Yeah, I mean, we're just making, you know, just guessing. But I do mm-hmm. think that because of the rain, <laughs> the fish are moving up. Colton asked, how many rods did you bring with you and how many did you actually use? Um, I brought eight all weekend. Um, I brought a a crankbait, a little topspin, drop shot, uh, a rig, uh, a deep diving crankbait, a jig, and I think I had a spoon and wasn't top water. Uh, <laughs> no? Maybe small <laughs> I don't know. I, I didn't bring much because I already kind of knew what I wanted to do there. And if it was mm-hmm. going to work, if it wasn't, then whatever. Yeah, and I brought seven rods. So I brought um, a crankbait, jerkbait, A-rig, T-rig, um, Ned rig, and jig. And then on, I made a point on practice day that I, I always try to just use everyone. Um, at least I feel a little bad when I don't throw it all. Uh, so I at least gave one cast to each of them. And then on tournament day, I mean, I really only used the the jig and Ned rig. I did try throwing the A-Rig around, um, but so probably really only three rods on, on tournament day. Awesome. That's pretty reasonable, pretty reasonable compared to a lot of guys that I see out there. There's a lot of guys out there that got double-digit rods. Well, I'll say this. I think that would have been a good idea because there's no worse thing to do than change a bait and retie a line in cold, rainy weather with wind. So if anything, That's all those true. rods have every single bait you might need, and then you don't have to like cut one off and tie something else on. I'd, I'd avoid that if I could. Yeah, that's true. When you can't even tie knots because your fingers hurt. And just the wind. Wind and you know, your hands are frozen. It's tough. Mm-hmm. Good, good times. Well, I think that's going to be it. Unless yeah, you got I, anything no, else, got congratulations. Good night. Thanks for joining us. And hopefully we see you guys up here soon. If you make any trips up, give us a call. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having All us. All right. Until yeah. next time, uh, stay fishy, my friends.